2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winner's Coming Game of Thrones and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Razor, and I'm here with Dan Selke, the editor in chief of Winner's Coming. Dan, how are you doing this evening?
3: I'm doing super, Richard. Uh, sorry, Razor. <laughs> David, how are you?
2: Well, I'm doing great. You just basically called me a dick. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm that. sorry.
3: I was trying to say Razor, which is kind of your name, but I've never liked it. And I don't want to call you it, but I was trying to do it that time, and I I completely failed. I should never do that. Okay, David, from all on out forever. Okay.
2: You are the only person in the entire company that calls me David, and that's okay because I never meant for that nickname to stick. By the way, it just happened.
3: What happened?
2: I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan. I grew up in, or I live in, I lived in Fayetteville where the university. Like, is, so. Do you
3: go by that in your daily life?
2: No, and it's kind of embarrassing. Like when friends or family like look me up, they're like. I was looking you up under David Harris, and then I saw that you go by Razor, and I'm like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> I'm well, really emo, and I like razors. I don't know.
3: It's like, did someone like just decide that that's what they're they're, they're going to call you
2: or something? Yeah. Like when they that, got that. Hey, there? listen, you, that that is all that is all Patrick. Patrick. He uh. Okay. Cause I goes, think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, I Thanks.
3: think it it sounds like like you're in West Side Story or something dumb like that. Like it, it doesn't make any sense to me. Fun fact:
2: I do fight by snap. I have snap fights with everybody. That's very progressive. (laughs) So listen, let's. uh, Hopefully, Corey Thone and Corey Smith won't be too far off in joining us tonight. So while they're not here, let's go ahead and talk about Netflix's. Uh, Netflix's? Is that the correct way? Netflix. Yeah! They're, yeah. they're, they're runaway... I guess it's a runaway smash. It, it, it ended is... up being more watched than The Mandalorian, am I correct? The Witcher?
3: No. Well, okay, so like, so, that stuff, the, 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 there's like a company called Parrot Analytics that puts out this demand expression data, which mm-hmm. is like how often people are talking about stuff online, that does not translate into, here are the numbers of people watching it. It's a very vague stat, but the, the the takeaway is, it's been popular. People have been right. talking
2: about it. And see, okay, so I'm approaching the show. I've watched it twice all the way through now. Oh, really? Uh, and I, I, yeah, because the first time, I was just I enjoyed it, but I was confused because yep, I didn't yep. follow the timelines. And I've not read the books, and I didn't look... I purposely did not look it up on Wiki. I didn't want to know anything about going in. Um Except for the basic, like, oh, I've seen commercials for the video game. I actually played it at a friend's house one time. So I kind of had a bare knowledge of it. And then... Um, so I go into the show and it was really enjoyable to me, but the timeline thing was confusing. Then I, mm. then the second time I watched it, I had the handy dandy Netflix timeline to follow as I watched it, and it was kind of, you know, it, it kind of made, it helped make a little more sense of the things. I still hate sure. they did it. It was like all sorts of Westworld unnecessary, but um, as I guess you could call me an unsullied. Uh, yeah, like, you're not Unsullied. Yeah, and I'm unsullied. So okay, coming at it from my point of view. I really enjoyed it, but, like, I know that uh, the book readers like yourself and, like, even um, Patrick Schmidt, who works for Fansided, uh, he did not enjoy the show. I so, oh, now he didn't like it? No, he did not like it. He was very angry about it on Twitter. So <laughs> really? ex- explain to me why um, – is this kind of like a Game of Thrones thing? Like, oh, you know, Jamie and Tyrion's hair isn't really blonde, so I don't like the show. Or is it, like, are there more details that was left out of the show that weren't in the books? Or okay, so
3: i I read the first two books in the series. I, I i i read the first three, and I think the first season is based on the first two books. Okay. Um, no, it's not that. Okay, my take on it is: look, first of all, the the books, like they're not great. Like they're not a staggering fantasy classic. They're not Lord of the Rings. They're not A Song of Ice and Fire. They're interesting they have a point of view i like that um i feel like if i hadn't read the books and i watched the show i'd still have the same opinion i have which is i enjoyed it i was like you i enjoyed it i thought it was fun i had a good time but i mean like it's trash right I mean, <laughs> yeah like, it's, can- it's, it's very campy. it's it's, it's yeah it, it's 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 fun i mean I, I i i liked it but it's kind of it's it's kind of campy trash at a lot of points which is okay i i like campy trash but i um i thought a bunch of it was well done well cast probably too much more money than they needed Mm -hmm. and just like a a lot of it's kind of dorky it's like you know it 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 felt a lot like do you remember like those shows from the 90s like those cheap fantasy shows like Hercules, Zine, like yeah, Hercules London, and like and 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 Zena, Warrior Princess, mm-hmm. and they had like um, or those like sort of truth show a little later on,
2: <laughs> Merlin,
3: um, Merlin, Merlin. I like Merlin. Like it kind of felt like those shows if they had a lot more money to do it, you know. And there's yeah. like the elves walking around and 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 the dwarves and the janky looking dragons and you know just <laughs> the 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 shameless nudity and like the one guy's walking around with like two silent amazon type warrior babes following him around it was pretty cheesy and that's okay um and i thought there were moments that it it it, it went it that it that it kind of rose above that um mm-hmm. they were good i like some of the characterizations i like some of the Geralt gennifer scenes um, i thought that final magic battle was a lot of fun
2: oh but let me tell you when 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 Jennifer if got on top of the rock and like blew fire down the hill, I was like, "Oh my god!"
3: That whole thing was really fun. I mean, because they yeah. were like, it was they were trying to like imagine like, okay, so two wizard armies are fighting. Like, you know, what do they do? What well, we're gonna have aero portals? We're gonna have mushroom poison attacks? And like, that's a good time to join this.
2: That was really good.
3: Yeah, that was fun. Um, and the timeline thing. The, the reason I thought it was so strange is because, so what kind of show? messes with time this way. like So The Witcher does this kind of thing where it's telling stories that are set a lot apart in time, but it doesn't tell you it's what it's doing.
2: And you don't was, really realize it if you're not looking for it.
3: Yeah, so it's confusing. And I mean, there are clues there, but like, whatever. And so it's, it's a little confusing. A lot of people said they're confused. I knew it was happening, because I, I'd read the book, so I realized it, but I thought it was dumb the second I saw it. I, I, I still think that. Because, okay, so what kind of show messes with time to um, this extent? Like, I think of Westworld, right?
2: Westworld, unlike... We oh,
3: different time periods. If, if you're going to do that, that means, to me, like, you have something profound to say. Like, right. Westworld messes with time because it's this really hot, or trying to be, high-end, deep philosophical treatise... And what it means to be human and a robot and unmoored in time. <laughs> and uh, oh, like, you know, we're 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 out of time and we're experiencing time in the different ways. What is time really? Like, <laughs> but the Witcher is not that deep, especially no, it's really the, not. especially the way that it's been doing this. The Witcher is, you know, angry, white-haired, um, demon-killing man, slashes things up good. Uh, comedy relief bard in his doublet, boobs, boobs, boobs. <laughs> and, I mean, there's more to it than that. I'm telling it a little short, but I don't think it's nearly the, the kind of show where you need to have a complicated time mechanic involved. I really didn't like that at all. I thought it was a complete fail.
2: Yeah, I kind um, of <laughs> felt like it was It was really unnecessary, especially when it came to telling Um, Yennefer and uh, Geralt's story. Like, it kind of, like... I didn't catch on until I actually went back and watched the second time that Jennifer was far, far older than I even – she must to be really, like, a couple hundred years old. Am I wrong, or is she, like, a hundred years old? Like, what's going on with Yennefer? I
3: think, like, uh, like uh, Netflix put out, like, a timeline, and I think they're all a, a bunch younger in the show than they are in the books. Yennefer is, like, at least a hundred in the books, but in the show, she's a little younger. They all are. I didn't mind it for Geralt or Jennifer. Siri was the problem to me. Like they skipped way forward. I hated the way that in the first episode you like saw Sintra that city fall, and like uh-huh. you know, Calanthe died and her her grandmother died, and her step grandfather died and but i didn 't know any of them i didn't know what, what their deal was, and they were treating it like it was this big deal but i didn't i didn't i didn't have any context yet because it wanted to include this other timeline from the start, even though it didn't need to at all, uh-huh. so I thought that was just a Drastic artistic overreach. This show should have been a lot more straightforward and more fun, and it was fun. I mean, and clearly it's caught on. Like I'm bitching, but I mean, who cares? People seem to like it a lot, and I'll watch a second season, sure. Looks fun. It's a good time.
2: It kind of felt like, um, and uh, there's there's a couple reasons to say this, but it kind of felt like it really was trying to become friendship. an, Ah. an actual, an actual Game of Thrones, an actual Game of Thrones, like. Like, even, like, okay, so, like, there was a point in the show where, um, the battle, the battle where Calamity's Kal- husband dies, right? Yeah. So that battle looked like the Battle of the Bastards. Like, I, oh, yeah. the first time I watched it, I went and took a bunch of screen grabs from Battle of the Bastards, and I compared them, and I was like, oh, my God. I This is almost identical.
3: <laughs> you know, and, like, and there are commenters who are like, someone, tell me where it, where someone says they're trying to make the next Game of Thrones. It's not Game of Thrones, and it's like come on come, come <laughs> on man i mean yeah it's obviously not game of thrones a different story but i mean it, it, if you think it's coincidence that a new splashy expensive medieval fantasy show cropped up right after game of thrones ended i mean you're what you're you're deluded it's ridiculous of course you're yeah. trying to i mean they they're not they it's a different show but they are obviously trying to get some of the Game of Thrones audience and play on the renewed interest in fantasy that Game of Thrones started. Doesn't I mean it's, it's it's not its own thing, but I I I feel like complaints about like they're completely different. Like it, it's if you don't discuss the show in the context of Game of Thrones, I think it's impossible to do that. It's just it's nonsense.
2: There was more. There was more magic. A lot more camp. But oh
3: yeah, it, it's way more. It leans into the fantasy elements way way harder. Um. I think probably a bit too much. Uh, but it's its own thing. And, and again, I, I don't complain, but I I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was a a knee slapping, fun time.
4: That's just
3: <laughs> not that is is more of a thinker than it needs to be, only because it makes itself confusing. And I'm looking forward to it coming back and just being more straightforward, fun fantasy yarn.
2: So uh Corey Thone just joined us. Corey, uh yeah. How are you doing this evening? We're, we're glad you're here.
5: Uh, pretty good. I just assumed you guys weren't recording, so I jumped <laughs> on and yelled friendship. So sorry oh. about that.
2: <laughs> I, I'm fully I'm fully anticipating Corey Smith coming on about 15 minutes before we stop recording, and just have like a bunch of like pubes rubbing against the mic.
5: Yeah, <laughs> and he's gonna he's gonna want to talk about The Witcher when he comes on. <laughs> hour into the podcast so that's so my bad on that i just assumed you guys because i'm clearly the most important person on this podcast so i thought you would wait on me
2: but way way more important than i am honestly so yeah uh
5: that goes without saying even <laughs> though i said it and you said it we didn't have to say it everyone knew
2: <laughs> it was the unspoken all right okay. so um before i move off this witcher topic dan i would like to say one thing um i get Okay, so here's my thing. Uh the strongest like uh, the strongest performance for me was uh Jennifer's role, like the actress who plays Jennifer. Yeah. She was really, really, really good and she kinda and, and and it's not to take anything away from Henry uh Cable, he was really good too. And some of the things like, you know, grunting and saying fuck every time he was frustrated with something was kind of fun. But Yennefer's was a much more um complex to me, much more complex and uh intricate storyline. Um Siri I could have, like, I read what you and, like, over on winnerscoming.com, uh, you and Corey Smith dot net. (laughs) I just ruined (laughs) our own website. I don't even know it. Okay. So, um, yeah, so you and Corey Smith talked about, uh, was it good or not and gave your different, uh, points of view. And I, I liked The Bard. Is it Yasker? Is that how you pronounce it? I liked Yasker. I thought he was a good, I thought he was great comedy, really. I could have done without Siri, honestly, because to me, every time she was on, and that's the whole timeline thing, it was a little bit confusing. So yeah. uh,
3: She she was definitely the weak link. I mean, just because they made her that way – like, again, I I, I don't mean to be like a a book nerd, but she she needs to be in the story. They just should have let her come into the story the way she's supposed to rather than skipping forward to her tale way, way, way early. Yeah. Fine.
2: Okay, so from one time traveling show to another We did get a release date for Westworld Season 3 And Corey Thone, I'm so glad you came on when you did Because I know that you had some um, problems with Season 2 A lot of people did I did yeah, as well, well Even The biggest problem I had was
5: that it was bad so.
2: <laughs> I, I won't go that far and say it was bad I think it was a little too convoluted with the timelines But I enjoyed it um, But what did you think of that really creepy teaser that came with the uh, announced date.
5: You know, it it was a nice teaser. It kind of goes more into the, I don't know, the idea that, that they're setting up. I I don't know. It was fine. It, it did not uh, squash my fears that they have bitten off more than they can chew narratively. Oh God, Uh, because it's, it's so, just in a teaser alone. It's like, okay, so Hong Kong (laughs) protests, Trump's impeachment, Right. Uh, U.S. president assassinated in Buenos Aires. What and like just <laughs> just kept getting you know the second Russian civil war and then an unknown event and and obviously they're talking about Dolores in the um, the voiceover. Mm-hmm. I, I would say this season has three episodes for me. Yeah, and and after that, and I, it takes a lot, guys. It truly does take a lot for me to bail on a show. Because uh, once I get invested, once I know character names, <laughs> it's hard for me to bail. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I, I have a hard time. Like I bailed on Shit's Creek about a year and a half ago, and we have started it up again, and I'm enjoying it a lot more this go around. Uh, we're in, into season three now, and it's much better. Uh, I'm so does... glad
3: to hear that because I have been trying to get through the second, the first two seasons, and I've been like.
5: People love this show, do they? I do, Dan. I was the same way, bro. I was like, I, I the episode I quit in the episode where Moira, Myra, whatever Ma- Moira, whenever she finds out there's a Glee club in season two,
4: and, and I,
5: I was like, I'm done. I said I, I before they even got to the Glee club shit, I just bailed and was like, I don't need to see a whole episode of her singing poorly in front of the Glee club, thinking she's great. I was like, I get it. They're yokels. And she's snooty, and haha. But because uh, I was like David and Stevie's relationship, I I was super into, and the rest of the show sure. I didn't give a shit about. Season three has been way better. If you can get season two okay. picked up, season two picks up, season three has been way better. I'm excited. I'm I'm into it now, and it took me I took a year break in between episodes and came back into it, and it's better this time around because I wasn't maybe I didn't have as high of expectations anymore. I don't know, but I'm like you, man. Everyone I know, people that I like respect their opinion on shit like when they say i like this show i was like okay cool i might check it out they're like "Shit's creek is great i was like Aw, awesome and i got like a season in that was like this is not that good Don't <laughs> yeah
3: that's exactly happened to me and i'm, uh, I'm i mean and we're talking about westworld, talking westworld but I, i'm glad to hear you say that because now yeah. i'll just i'll put just push through i guess and get to so, see
5: yeah it's and it's each episode's 20 minutes so pushing through is not that hard it's not like westworld where each episode's an hour and (laughs) pushing through (laughs) is a fucking nightmare uh because aside from the kichita episode last season the i didn't think there was an episode worth rewatching. it was just bad the finale had some interesting shots and and stuff but it it just i didn't like it uh and i i kind of based off the first teaser what was mostly aaron paul you know i thought Mm -hmm. They were, you know, maybe going to try to spin this around. and But clearly Dolores is the main focus of the show and has been since the beginning. And I honestly hate Dolores as a character. Uh, <laughs> it's not Evan Rachel Woods' fault. She's fantastic at doing the things they've written for her to do. I just think they took all the goodwill that we had for the robots in season one, where we all felt bad for them and they were being oppressed and used and and then immediately just just made them maybe not give a shit about them by the middle of season two what's
2: because of her her long uh diatribes in season two where she talked about uh,
5: there was a lot a lot of a lot of soliloquies but even more so the actions like those it's like there's this like under there's this lack of like context with the people where it's like people used us to fulfill their darkest fantasies. Yeah, bro, you were built for that shit. Like, they didn't know you could feel it. Like, it was... The whole point was that, like, you're a robot. It's not real. This is programmed pain. It's programmed happiness. Everything's not real. And so, like, I, I don't know. I, anyway, season three, the teaser definitely showed that they have global aspirations in mind for this story.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: And I... Am not necessarily on board with it, and I, I don't. If they can't hook, this is not the Wire, right? You, oh. season, season one of the Wire takes like seven or episodes to get to get you hooked, and but once you're hooked, you're in. This mm-hmm. show hooked me in season one and lost me in season two, which though I don't think the Wire did for me at all, and and you don't have seven episodes this going around to get me hooked again. I'm yeah. not. I, I'm I'm going to bail and. The last show that I truly bailed on to never look back was it it wasn't Walking Dead. I'm trying to think of something else in between now and then that I just like fell off on. But I can't think of anything. So I'm going to go Walking Dead. And and Mm -hmm. I think this, this show is in Walking Dead danger of getting so bloated. That's not a corpse joke, that's just a story joke. <laughs> getting so bloated and so many storylines and plot lines going in each direction that I I think that it it has a danger of getting up its own ass even more so, and that's a bad thing. And they've only got 8 episodes this season, so Oh good. So so <laughs> you know what, famously HBO <laughs> dramas that limit themselves to 7 or 8 episodes it always turns out great.
2: So. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> when we
5: talk, and, and I, I'm sorry, it's <laughs> not anything to do with Westworld. Uh, I have to give a shout out to the Free Folk subreddit because <laughs> over the past like two weeks, they've a tur- over the past month they've they've pseudo turned themselves into a Witcher subreddit, and then the other the other posts on there are all just like <laughs> the last one I saw was. <laughs> was a picture of Hodor holding the door and it said, Hey, you remember when, when Hodor sacrificed his life and we saw that Brand couldn't could like manipulate events in the past and it led to this like giant speculation about what all this meant for Brand and it went fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just posting stuff like that constantly and it just it warms my heart that that Game of Thrones was that important to these people that they this many this a year later are still that mad as shit about it.
2: <laughs> I have seen the free folk go from Game of Thrones constantly like hardcore. I love this show. Nothing can ever be the greatest ever. To hating the show. To becoming a Star Wars uh, prequel memes subreddit. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, to, to yeah, I've seen them evolve it's and evolve. It's,
5: it's 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 a great look at niche niche whatever internet. And like those corners, how much fun they can have and how much of a circle jerk it can be. And uh, I'm on board with it because I'm still every time I see a picture, I'm like Man, I, I this, it is bullshit. I'm mad about that still. Like, like, it keeps triggering me into thinking about it when I just just when I thought I had moved on. So anyway, Westworld, Game of Thrones, I'm sure it's going to be fine.
2: Yeah, that sounds a little scary from you. <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be fine, <laughs> um, Dan. So, what? Uh, go, before we move off this topic, uh, Westworld. Um, I know the time timelines, just like Witcher, could is is a major concern. But what are you looking forward to? What does the show need to do for you to uh, bring you in back to the fold?
3: I, I think Corey said, "to just be good again." I mean, if it wants to, if it wants people to watch it, it should win back their trust and Skate uh,
5: better. Sorry, that's yeah, a just that's a, a Brink reference. We watched it on Disney Plus. Sorry. Oh, cool.
3: That's about it. I don't really <laughs> have anything uh, deep to say. Just be be better this time. I hope it's good. If it's not, um, I I, I don't know what else they can do.
5: What <laughs> so a waste. That's the thing. Is it? And Dan, I, I think you would agree with me on this. Season one is so good, yeah, and absolutely the, the cast is so good, and the the the, the people that are creating it are talented people. These aren't... This isn't a one-off... This isn't a one-off, like, oh, they had a one-off... They've they've made movies. they made other shows. Like, they, they do good work. I will be sad if season three is as bad as it could be because the cast, the people behind it, and HBO in general, like, this should not have spiraled as much as it did in season two. So I... I'm hoping that they can reel it in for no, uh, just because A, I, I want to enjoy things. Yeah. I don't. I am not the kind of person that watches bad things and gets pleasure out of watching bad things. Right? Oh <laughs> like like cats. I didn't pay money Cat. to go see cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But but uh, I'm not that person. So. I'm I'm not going to keep watching a show if it's bad. I don't want to quit watching it because there's so even in the dark moments in season two, I kept watching, and it did lead us to that Akichita episode. Sure, which still, folks, that's that's a good damn episode. <laughs> and so I, and plus we had Anthony Hopkins still running around, right which you don't have that anymore. You've replaced right. that with Aaron with Aaron Paul, who <laughs> has had such a great. Just illustrious career outside of Breaking Bad, so like it's, <laughs> I, which I never saw that Sneaky Pete show or whatever. It might have been good. I don't know. He wasn't Sneaky um, Pete. Who? What? Well, he
2: was in a show where he played. He was in a show. What was it? He he just got to finishing the first season of um To Tell the Truth on Apple TV.
3: He Maybe is that's... Uh, on BoJack Horseman, which is a great show.
2: He Not is on really Bojack. because
3: of Aaron Paul, right. but it's a great
5: show. Yeah, you are right. I, are you sure? What's it? He had another show though, May you know what? Like,
3: uh, like is it a cult or
5: something. Oh, uh, the path. The path. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the. <laughs> there one. it is. Thank you. And it's funny because when I Google Sneaky Pete, it's Giovanni Ribisi, and who looks I, like a knockoff Aaron Paul? He does like a knockoff Aaron Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. But uh yeah, I, I really hope Westworld is able to get its shit together. And I hate to and, and again, let me just preface all this too because I've gotten this comment on Twitter from people after podcasts. I am not a TV writer and stuff. I couldn't do it. Don't I'm not sitting here saying I could do better, but there is there is space in this world for like criticism that comes in good faith and sure. and I th- I think this is good faith criticism because I want the show to be good and I do not seek out things to hate them I'm not the kind of person to like I can't wait to shit all over this thing like that's not me uh, unless we're talking about Ole Miss football fuck them but there's you know there, <laughs> I, I'm i come. this is all from all three of us and all of us from from the me David Dan uh, Isis and the other Corey with an E like a dumbass uh, that we we are all coming at this from a fan perspective,
4: mm-hmm.
5: and I know we had we had to kind of emphasize that during the last run of Game of Thrones, whatever. I just couldn't mm-hmm. help myself, but we're doing it again now, and I feel like I'm being mean to Westworld. I don't want to be mean to Westworld, guys. I, I'm very excited for the concept of the show. I just need it to freaking go somewhere. So
3: I mean, God willing, there's a place for good faith criticism. I don't know what we're all doing here. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think we're all in support of
5: that. <laughs> So anyway, I just wanted to get it out there because I did get a comment about that in a previous episode recently, <laughs> and I and I and I pre- and I and it was just one comment, for, which means someone listened to the show, and I'm very grateful for that. But uh, you well, know, least one person does. Yeah, yeah. and and I told my mom, I said, "Look, it's a good faith <laughs> argument." <laughs> oh man. Anyway, let's. Uh, but the thing about Westworld to me, when it's all said and done is there is such a cool world that they have built. Even with the failures of season two, the the dynamics, the, the scope of that world is still fascinating enough that you could pivot out of the first two sure. seasons into something totally new and just redo your show. Season three could be almost like a season one, you know?
2: So, you know what I was thinking of whenever uh, that teaser came out? Um, we talked about this before, you and I specifically phone, about season one really sparked up the whole Reddit. Let's let's band together and dig into this thing and crack mm-hmm. the code. And that's what they did in season one, remember? And everybody was like, oh, my God, we figured this out before the finale, and this is really great. And everybody's like, actually code-breaking the, the Visit Delos or Westworld site uh, for HBO. Mm-hmm. And then season two came along, and Jonathan Nolan actually acknowledged Reddit and it was like, oh, this isn't fun anymore. And and so the other day I was over at the Westworld subreddit and they've already started to like break into some some code. Like it was like, don't I can't I can't do this again. Like I can't watch you guys break all eight episodes down before it even airs. Because then I'm just gonna mm-hmm. lose all interest. So I kind of think like things like get free folks subreddit for for game of thrones who let's be honest they they predicted the last two seasons or they didn't predict it, well, it the entire last shit leaked, yeah 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 it didn't predict But it leaked, on but the like...
5: flip side of that you and i we read leaks leaks don't spoil and dan i'm sure does too he has you guys have to for your job
4: sure. uh
5: those leaks like when 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 rise of skywalker leaks hit the <laughs> internet a few weeks in advance right hashtag segue yeah hashtag segue When those hit the internet a few weeks in advance, uh, that didn't ruin your enjoyment of the movie, right? I was the same way with Game of Thrones. It wasn't the fact that I knew the endings beforehand that made it bad. Like True Detective Season 3, the subreddit for that was very much on par with Westworld. They cracked that shit by Episode 2. Mm -hmm. There were people that were saying, this is what it is, it has to be this because of these signs, and things kept falling into place, and then the pink room and all this stuff, and it was like, holy shit, that person, like, four weeks ago was right. It didn't change my The
2: the picture in the office hanging on the wall, yeah. Exactly.
5: And so, like, they they already told you, and it didn't matter because they didn't care that this 1% of the internet had figured it out. They were telling a story to be enjoyed. And that that made sense, you know, I actually George R. R. Martin has talked about that before publicly about if I th- I'm going to bastardize the quote, but it was if you've set your whole book up for the, you know, the killing to take place in the parlor and the butler did it right. And then in your book series, someone figures it out on the Internet beforehand. And so you pivot and change it to the maid in the den. Right. And you. You don't have those. It does. It's not going to make sense. It's not going to be satisfying because mm-hmm. you set the whole book up for it to be the butler. If someone figures it out, someone figures it out. You yeah. know that. Don't worry about that. And I, I agree, David. I think with Westworld, in season two, they set out. Let's see those Reddit fuckers crack this code. What if we just <laughs> turn left when you're supposed to turn right? And I, I, it didn't. A lot of it didn't make sense because I don't think it was supposed to. Right. And so, yeah. and I think I, it's I, a problem. I,
3: I think it's key that. Um... Uh, yeah, that you can't try to make it... You, you, you can't play two people in it because people are, are going to figure it out. They just are. Whatever you're doing, the internet is big enough and there are enough people on it and there are enough smart people on it that they're going to crack it no matter what you try and fool them into. So just don't bother. So just tell a good story and that will speak for itself. And I completely agree yeah. that on Westworld Season 2. They were trying to fool the Redditors and we all saw how that goes, so I hope they just... Uh, are a little more straightforward. Witcher 2.
4: It is and kind of have, funny
3: that both The Westworld Season 2 and The Witcher suffered from let's do dumb timeline stuff just <laughs> to do it. <laughs> I mean, it was. I it's, of all stuff to, like, take inspiration from it, that they went there. But I and, think, with, and with both those seasons, the lesson is, don't do that. Just tell it's straightforward and if it's good enough, it'll stand by itself.
5: And, and the, but, also the... The funny thing, speaking of timeline stuff, is, you know, True Detective Season 3, which which I will go to bat for every day, is a great narrative. Um, You know, they use timelines as well, but they use them well. And the the back and forth between them, I thought, added to the story. It was part of the narrative, whereas they, uh, you know, because he's done that in the first and the third seasons with the split timeline narratives mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh you know, I, I, when it was all said and done, a lot. Also, a lot of people felt like season three was of *True Detective* was made to kind of subvert expectations a little bit, because yeah. of because of the fact that instead of it being this wide conspiracy like season one, it was just one like really sad lady, uh-huh. yeah. and you know, and, and and all these pieces looked like they could have been part of something bigger, but they actually kind of weren't, and. It was people. It was fans like us adding our own desires to the evidence, and I thought it. I think it's a really brilliant season, and and not so season three, True Detective. I think is a great example of timeline usage to narrate to tell a story. Although it is weird to add a fourth timeline in the very last scene with him back. I like in the, that um, I didn't hate it. It's just like when you, when you think about it, it's a fourth timeline <laughs> so like, okay. uh, and and also how to use how to subvert expectations successfully. whereas other shows, not to get into that, failed at doing it in a lot of aspects, not not just one show, several shows in the past few years because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people are getting annoyed at leaks and at the guessing game, the the internet sluice. So yeah, what interesting it's is interesting we're talking about that, but when it's well, we don't have a lot to talk about honestly. So like it's <laughs> don't yeah. If I could give one message to showrunners out there, because I know you're listening,
4: <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> don't worry about the thirty thousand people, the hundredth even the hundred thousand people that subscribe to your subreddit. You know, tell a good story, and you'll go from hundred thousand to two hundred thousand. You know. And he's like, just tell the good story.
3: But at the same time, like, it's hard because y- you see more creators because it's there. Of course, like new creators who're making something cool and new and interesting that people of excited about, they're going to want to interface with the fans. And that is a good thing. But it, it, I agree with you. It's also kind of a trap because then your priorities get skewed. I am so afraid for The Witcher showrunner, Lauren hisrick because she is talking to the fans online, just like, I love talking to the fans, I listen to them, they're great, and <laughs> I I, I hope that profits her, but I can't help it. I look at it and like, there's going to be a turn, eventually, yeah. where you make a decision that's not going to go exactly right, it's going to be ugly, this is going to lead you down a dark path, I, I hope it all works out, but I completely agree with you, 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 as, as easy as it is to complain about, like, if you listen to fans, this wouldn't happen. Like, you. Fans don't always know what they're talking about either. Or, yeah, if, or if, if
5: Star like, Wars has taught us anything, you don't oh.
3: listen to the
4: fans. Yes.
3: Oh. Or, you know, it, 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 it just gets you in the wrong headspace. So, you definitely need a, a degree of separation, but it's easier than ever to talk to them. So, uh, it's it's tricky.
5: I want to put I want to put this question to the group because I've never read Harry Potter, nor have I even seen all the movies. But if if what I'm I've seen three and a half of the movies and if I but if what I'm about to say happened, I would have gone back and watched all of them. Uh, What do you think about the theory that J.K. Rowling actually was writing the book to be where uh, who's the dorky kid? Um, Neville? Neville, Harry. where Neville was actually no yeah good, good point, Dan, that's actually true, <laughs> <laughs> Neville was going to be the actual chosen one, and that it was all one big that Harry was a distraction and a cover up and all that a convenient ploy to protect Neville until he was ready to take on Voldemort in the last I think. Book. That was-
2: that was the very first theory that came into the Harry
5: Potter, wasn't it, Dan? It was. It was a big theory, and it, it got so popular online that J.K. Rowling had to address it, and that now there's a conspiracy theory that that was actually going to be the case and that she got annoyed that it was figured out so quickly and just pivoted
2: away from it. <laughs> she keeps she keeps ruining it. her own property though because she keeps adding and taking away things, which is really does she? But they
3: a shit. whole other topic that we could do a whole
5: show on if we really wanted to, but, uh, <laughs> I, really, I really don't because
2: I don't give a shit yeah, about Harvey Potter, yeah, but Harvey,
5: Harvey.
2: Harvey Pooter, is that what you call you used to call him? Yeah,
5: Harvey Pooter, yeah, that guy.
2: <laughs> no, but um, uh, speaking of segues, uh, which we talked about ten minutes ago, uh, this is a segue into Star Wars. I know, phone. You haven't watched uh, Rise of Skywalker, but you've heard enough, right? You've, you've seen. I read the, the leaks. Sh- I, yeah. When I read the leaks
5: two months ago, I said I'm not fucking paying twenty bucks to see that piece of shit. So, I, and <laughs> sure enough, those leaks were right. And, and yeah. so,
2: any, anybody who, who who follows me on Twitter, who's listening to the podcast, they know I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. They also know, phone. You're a pretty pretty big Star Wars nerd yourself, and like you get deep into it. Yeah, like – okay, so I, I I watched The Rise of Skywalker probably the second or third night it was out, and it was absolutely – and I knew all the spoilers going into it. It was absolutely garbage. Like, Dan, do you remember the podcast we had where I did the um, Bullshit or Legit, and I told you all the spoilers? and Yeah. You and I, I gave away the entire fucking plot of Rise of Skywalker, and that was like two months before the movie came out. And
3: if it helps, I, was, I forgot all of that with
2: how Yeah, yeah. It. Well, I mean, like, I, back then, they knew that Ray was going to shoot lightning in the sky and blow oh, up a yeah. ship. And they knew that she was going to heal the, the snake and then heal Kylo Ren. Sure. I, and, 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 like, all that kind of stuff. And it was like, none of this was, was a great idea. And it kind of uh, irks me because I've always enjoyed. For the most part, I've enjoyed J.J. Uh, Abrams as a director. Like, you know, he's got a lot of great ideas, and some of his movies are kind of hit or miss. But they're usually fun, right? And then, he, and yes, you can credit him with rest with a uh, um, resuscitating the Star Wars franchise in 2015 with the Force Awakens. <laughs> and you could call that movie a vanilla re- uh, you know, a retread of A New Hope, but he had the opportunity to go into Episode Nine and not make it a retread of Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Sith and basically it was all of that and it it was kind of frustrating and to hear you know and you go on Reddit and you hear or, or you go on these other news sites or even stuff that we've talked about before and you hear about the things that could have happened in the movie that should have happened in the movie and release the JJ cut if it's even out there and if Disney and uh you know mess with it or not we, we I don't think we'll ever know um You've seen the movie, Dan, uh, and we haven't had a chance to we haven't had a chance to talk about it. But you've you, you've always you said this a couple times to me, and I always find it interesting. You watched two movies over the Christmas break: The Rise of Skywalker and Little Women. And guess which movie you you enjoyed the most? And it was obviously Little Women. And I've heard oh, yeah. a lot of good things about right. that. And how you know? And I've heard that from a lot of people. How does the movie Little Women beat st- the the final chapter in the Skywalker saga? Well, I will tell you why. Because it was boring and vanilla. Uh, you know, what, what are your thoughts about that?
3: Okay, so I mean, uh, I said uh, a few times on here that I am not a giant Star Wars nerd. I, I, I'm, I'm just not. I just, I, I've seen the movies, all the numbered ones, and I liked them. They were fine. Um, had I gone into The Rise of Skywalker not being part of this thing <laughs> we're doing now, I probably would have watched it, <laughs> walked out, gone, that was fine, and then gone about my day. That's what it was with The Last Jedi. I watched it, I thought that was fine. And then I found my shock that people like had strong feelings about it. I'm like, really? For what? Um, because <laughs> I'm part of this, I had to think about it. And I mean, yeah, it was nonsense. And if you like, I can tell you exactly why. I, why? I, I, I know why this happened. I know exactly why this happened. Okay, our story begins in... A long,
0: a long, long 30. time ago, in a, <laughs> in a galaxy, galaxy far, far away. Far
3: away. <laughs> no, like <laughs> nine years ago in LA. Um, so Disney buys the rights to Star Wars for like a jillion dollars, a billion dollars, whatever.
0: Go they on. have,
3: they have to you, and they feel, and this, this is recorded. Okay, we have to get a movie out there. We bought this giant, giant thing. We gotta, we gotta move, and we gotta get some money off this. So. They call in Abrams and he makes the remake of A New Hope, which was fine. I enjoyed The Force Awakens. Most people did. It was perfectly fine. The, 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 the issue right from the beginning to me was, and this still baffles me, but it's, it's obviously true. Nobody planned anything. Mm-hmm. J.J. Abrams came in, remade A New Hope, and then peaced out. Like, they didn't, re- <laughs> they didn't retain him to do the entire thing. They didn't even get, like, an outline to like, here's what we should hit. So Ryan Johnson's allowed to come in, and just take it in a completely different direction. A New Hope, uh, the fourth supposed a, a a New Hope remake. And then Johnson was like, you know what? No, the new Emperor character, Snoke, we're just gonna kill him. We're gonna do that.
2: He um, means nothing, and you do Ray.
3: Yeah, exactly. Um, Ray's parents' stuff. Obviously, they're setting her up for some kind of special thing. No, there's nobody's. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna veer left, which is is cool, but it, it shouldn't have been allowed to happen, because the, 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 these things are, if you want to actually get that, that holds together, that hangs together, there's gotta be a damn plan. There obviously mm-hmm. was no plan. So then Abrams comes back, and his choices basically were, okay, I can run with what The Last Jedi did, and continue on from that, but instead, the movie, he he just, he basically just made a sequel to The Force Awakens, or the movie that he wished The Last Jedi would have been, and just ignored everything. Yeah. So (laughs) so they killed the new Emperor-type character, Snoke. I'll just bring in the Emperor again. I'll just (laughs) make him come back, even though he hasn't been a part of this at all. Um, We have this new direction for Rey's parents. Like, no, we don't. I'll just make her important again. There were no stakes. The whole first half was just this boring fetch quest thing to set up a new status quo so he could blow it up. Like Hutz yep. hot dies halfway through, there's this giant army out of nowhere that he didn't earn at all. He just had to like make it really quick. the final order He just went it, 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 it was there was no boldness to it I mean yeah it was mm-hmm. it was just, it was it was boring, it was fine. I liked it while I was watching it because I'm not terribly invested in Star Wars, but this was to me a giant failure to think ahead at all is what it was.
2: And okay. had, Abr- had Abrams continued with what Ryan Johnson did...
3: Sign him up? Sure, that would have been fine. It would have been a lot better.
2: Because, Phelan, I know you agree with this. The Last Jedi was probably one of... I mean, I, I, this might be me just assuming... I also would have way.
3: accepted just three movies like The Force Awakens. At least that would have been consistent. But now you have this, like, bizarre trilogy that's going in one direction first time and then jerking wildly off the other direction and then jerking wildly back. And like you can kind of get away with pivoting in the middle of it, but not at the end of it. Like right. you, you you gotta pick a lane. And it just didn't yeah. it was just weird. Um too bad. And you
2: said you're not a Star Wars nerd. That is one of the best nerd rage uh things I've ever heard in a long time. So congratulations. I have to be. One of us. I, have to be I would
5: argue I would argue that Dan's little rant there wasn't nerd rage that was that was someone who enjoys competent storytelling rage which if and, that's see, nerd that's if that's correct. nerd then fine but
2: yeah I no, mean, i'm just saying like i was going to ask you phone like to this pull point of Ryan Johnson coming in between like had abram stuck with the ryan johnson plan we could have had a better finale to the to the to the sequel trilogy and to the whole skywalker saga itself like what like okay so in in the last jedi itself you have the whole Canto Canto Bite scene, right? But the Casino Planet, and everybody's like, "I hated that." Well, I thought it was kind of it was neat, and it set up Broom Boy. Broom, who's Broom Boy? He's a guy. He's a little kid who randomly has a Force, and at the end of the movie, he uses the broom. He uses the Force to grab the broom to himself. Meaning, you don't have to be a Skywalker or Kenobi or Baby Yoda to 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 use the Force, and you can be nobody, right? And so it's there's like this the- whole, yeah, there's this whole this whole. Hope out there from the fan base is like okay, maybe it's almost fly- a new, almost hope. a new hope. I almost said that and I didn't say it. Thank you for saying it. And oh, wow. there's this whole potential for the force, like Ray. She's the last Jedi, probably. So she's gonna have to restart the whole Jedi, uh, tent, the whole Jedi school and raise new Jedi and all that kind of stuff like that. And that really didn't that well, it not really didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. The only thing we got out of the rise of scott walker was finn is probably force sensitive and he kept trying to tell ray that the entire movie so that's all we got like come on guys you could have done better you could you you should have done better i think and what's the, so sad is the movie the movie already hit a billion dollars
5: yeah it's it doesn't matter it's fucking star wars it's gonna make yeah, it
2: yeah.
5: and and that's that's the problem is that these temple movies we can all sit here and bitch all we want but, even the less than stellar tentpole franchise movies are gonna make almost a billion dollars, if not a billion every time and like at this point, if a Marvel movie doesn't make a billion, it's gonna be a flop like <laughs> it, it's like uh Hobbs and Shaw only made eight hundred million, and it was like that ain't shit for a fast and furious movie. What a flop that was, you know so it's i I think they had two choices with. Well, I guess they had three because originally they hired Colin Trevorrow, which is when I knew that this third movie was going to suck.
2: Oh, we were in trouble then.
5: Yeah, I was like, oh, they just want they want a yes man in that director's chair this time, uh, and that's that. I, I want to say that's not a knock on Colin Trevorrow, but it is. Uh, but sorry. Uh, anyway, the, the what they should have done was kept Ryan Johnson on his director and let him make uh-huh. the sequel to his own movie uh yep. because that would have made sense uh logic like like linear sense I guess I can't think of the word I'm thinking of but the the second option they could have had was keep Johnson on as a writer with JJ Abrams and have these two guys you know who've never worked together before write a script which sounds stupid but it's Star Wars they'll take the money and they'll make it work mm-hmm. uh because it's pretty clear that I don't think Abrams and Johnson ever once talked about <laughs> what what they had in mind, like, I don't think Johnson ever called Abrams and said, hey, why did you leave 22 dangling plot points in the last, in the end of that movie? <laughs> and and Johnson was like, I don't, he doesn't operate that way at uh-huh. all. His movies, and, and I'll tell you right now, Ryan Johnson is a way better filmmaker than J.J.
2: Abrams. Kn- Knives, <laughs> Knives Out was brilliant.
5: Yeah, and, and we'll get to Oscar nominations and snubs later, but not even Knives Out. Looper, Brick, like, oh, Ryan yeah, Johnson obviously. makes great movies. and. Yeah. Uh, The Last Jedi I think is a good movie and when people talk about the casino planet like you brought up David which a lot of people say is a wasted storyline I always point them to the scene with Benisa del Toro where they find out that the same uh, arms manufacturers that sell to the Empire sell to the Rebels and that their entire rebellion is really almost could be seen as a money making scheme so uh, you know it's like that's kind of important to the narrative of Star Wars and I am 100% 100% sure that they ditched that shit in the third movie, because you can't have any shades of gray in a Star Wars movie, I guess. So, uh-huh. uh, and that was the biggest problem, is that The Last Jedi was kind of like, hey, it's kind of a gray area. Well, you can't have that. This is for kids, so, uh, uh-huh. which if it's for kids, fine, but whatever. Anyway, uh yeah, I haven't seen the movie yet. Not going to pay theater prices to see it. I read the leaks, and I've seen clips online now, too. Don't need to see that shit. In uh-huh. fact, my favorite part of this whole trilogy, I think, is Oscar Isaacs and John Boyega uh, getting off their Disney contracts and just talking freely about how much bullshit it was. Oh, so, my God. Boyega's uh, well, really going hard. Yeah, and I, and I can't wait until like some of these Marvel actors get their contracts expire and they can do the same thing. Uh So which I mean, they probably won't be as harsh because those movies are well received and made a trillion dollars. So but uh at the same time, like I'm kind of excited to hear, you know, Mark Ruffalo talk a little more freely about it one day.
2: <laughs> Chris Evans, so, just
5: go off. Yeah, Chris Evans yeah. would be someone I'd love to hear just talk openly about that, like that that world, because I mean, he was. When he got cast as Captain America, everybody's like, why the fuck did we cast a guy from uh, none of the team movie as Captain America to becoming what he is now, you know, where he's starring in... You can in... eat
2: shit, and you can eat shit, and you can oh, eat man. shit.
5: Yeah. Should we, should we pivot into... I mean, there's nothing we can say about about Star yeah. Wars anymore, honestly. I, I, yeah, because no, Dan's not a fan. And honestly, my favorite, my favorite thing they did... And Rise of the Rise of Skywalker is uh using characters like Kane and Jairus and Ahsoka in their voiceover stuff for Rey. So. Mm,
4: mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Yeah. And there there were some good callbacks there and, and we we could jump off to the next topic but yeah there was a lot of, uh, You just finished watching the Rebels, right? And you enjoyed it? Correct. Oh man, Rebels
5: was bomb. First season was slow, but by the end of the second season I was very hooked and season 3 and 4 were excellent. <clears throat> Excuse totally me. And it, in it. And it just again, speaking of being made for kids, like these are like cartoons for Cartoon Network. They're kids' cartoons, and uh-huh. they are far better at handling adult themes <laughs> than these movies starring adults that are being oh, released yeah. in theaters for for adults and kids. You know, it's it's just maddening that I, the the sexless life that is led in oh. Star Wars just maddening to me. The there's just so many things nobody they could do. Fucked. No like one nobody.
4: ever <laughs> fucked.
5: Like you could tell me that in the Star Wars universe that like uh Padme laid eggs and Anakin just like <laughs> like is like, on them, and I'd be like, Yeah, it makes sense because we never see them do anything other than press their faces together like, not even like a real look just like comfortable yeah just terrible i was like oh my
3: god this is this is terrible so like i but ray and kylo had some energy in like they the did. second movie i think they really did and just he was shirtless that was the sexiest scene in all of star wars
5: i'm willing in to Swallow. say that i don't know i leia um, again Leia's, i Leia's, Leia's, oh Leia's, sure
3: slave thing sexy.
5: Like it's not ah, that, that was just play. a, it's just a bikini. Actually, it's a bikini. Like it's but, it's hot. And honestly, <laughs> that's gonna be the so legacy. So
3: when you well, uh, mean- Kylo thing, not Leia's
5: thing. That one was, was say, Well no, I was gonna say that's that's gonna be the legacy of the each each trilogy has its own legacy. And the original trilogy, the legacy is creating a monster. <laughs> and then <laughs> the the prequel trilogy, the legacy is Wasting a universe uh, by with these characters that were already kind of established, like Obi Wan and Darth Vader and stuff, and then the uh, the the most recent trilogy, the Legacy, is going to be wasting characters that could have been so great. Kylo Ren was could have been so great. Ray and Finn and Poe Poe Dameron could have been so much fun. You know what? Just what a waste of great actors. I mean, Hux. Well- what what a Dude. waste of Domino Gleason? Four.
2: Did you did you even? Know, I just I just I I covered this today at Winter's Coming. Did you know that um Jessica Henwick was was in a six month audition to become Ray? She was almost Ray before Daisy Ridley. And I'm not I'm not harping on Daisy Ridley because I think Daisy really did a great job with Ray, but. Can you imagine an Asian-American in the lead role in yeah. a Star Wars movie?
5: Uh, no, I can't because Star Wars fans will lose their minds. Uh, if we're going to – but there's, but not even – I mean, at least Domino Gleason was in three movies. What about uh, Captain Phasma, the Boba Fett of our generation? <laughs> the most useless fucking character they keep talking about. Boba Fett didn't do a damn thing in the original trilogy, and <laughs> – and yet they kept trying to tell me he was a badass. And, and Phasma, all that she did was just stand there glimmering for <laughs> two movies and then lose in a fight to Finn. And I was like, wow, what a waste of what a waste of uh, of Tarth. But anyway, we should just pivot off of this because I'm just going to get mad. I, I'm just going to get mad because there's so much that you can do. And maybe they're going to start doing that because they said they're not making a trilogy. They fired D&D. Um, which is which is a, a good move, and they Ryan, uh, Ryan,
2: Ryan Johnson is still in the running to do his own his own stories. I
3: mean, but really, do we think he's a, That's actually happening.
2: He just got through. He, he just did another interview. It was like a radio interview or something like that, where he said that um, Disney hasn't talked to him since because he was busy with <laughs> nice Out, but he he still has his whole outline for this next whatever. I, my
5: my dream. Uh, I have a couple like fantasy. Like dream style things. There's a couple that are realistic and then there's a couple that aren't. The most unrealistic one is a Tarantino take on Star Wars, which we're gonna get that with Star Trek, maybe I guess. I don't know. Maybe maybe no one can tell. No one can tell with that lunatic. Uh once my time in Hollywood's fucking great though. Uh and, but I I personally love the shit out of it. I know people that didn't like it that much, and that's perfectly fine. But right uh is that Dan didn't like it? Okay. So uh <laughs> I guess my, my realistic, uh, I think I've said this before, a realistic option is Del Toro. Again, with Del Toro, Star Wars. Yes. can yeah. cannot tell me he wouldn't want to do it. Give him a moderate budget and let him write the script and direct it and don't fuck with him. And it's going to sound weird and he's going to do something strange. Just let him do it. And, and there's
2: going to be a creature with no face, with like yeah. a building for a head, and it's going to be fucking awesome.
5: Yeah, I'm on. I'm on board. So anyway, that's we can move on. I think Smiths joined us finally.
2: Corey Smith. And it's we're in. We're in the very last end of the podcast. How are you doing this evening? I'm good.
6: Babies are finally asleep. So here I am. Well, all right. Well, good night, everybody.
5: Okay, Thanks that's for it for us tonight.
2: Um, yeah.
6: <laughs> I don't
2: know. Totally. Hey, um. So, in in the, in the waning moments of this podcast, uh, the final thing I'll say about Star Wars is that the Clone Wars should be coming. The final season should be coming this February. Uh, I'm excited for it. And and once again, Disney Plus is going to carry Star Wars, um, bef- where the movies couldn't. And 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 Bone, I wanted to get your thoughts on the Mandalorians. I know you just got through watching it. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't
5: know. I thought you guys already talked about that. Sorry. No, we
2: were saving it. We were saving it. Mando was
5: great. That was a lot of fun. It was Samurai Jack, but in Star Wars World. And it's just a uh, it's a great example of what you can do in this universe that George Lucas built that has expanded because it's just so captivating. What you can do in that universe when you just let creators create. and, and, And is it the most groundbreaking show of all time? Absolutely not. I don't expect that from John Favreau, to be honest. I don't expect him to break ground. I expect him to tell competent stories, and guess what he did? He told a very competent, thorough story, had great characters, had a baby Yoda, uh, which, you know, <laughs> is brilliant. He also got Warner Herzog to do shit, which is hard oh, to do. Yeah. So, yeah, very on board. Um, Andy got Dave Filoni behind the camera for uh, live action stuff, which is maybe when, when in, in five years might be the most important thing about season one of Mandalorian, right. to be honest, yep. because I, I don't know if there's anyone out there that respects and understands the extended universe, the can e- canonical and non-canonical extended universe like Dave does. So uh, I am very excited for the success that it had. Because I think it shows Disney that maybe we, guys, do we, can we make movies without Luke Skywalker or someone, one of his kids or or cousins or some shit in it? Like, because I was really afraid they were going to have like a, you remember that shitty cartoon, Indiana Jones Jr., where it wasn't even, it wasn't even Indiana Jones' son, it was his nephew, because again, people can't have sex in kids' stuff, so it was his nephew. (laughs) But he was named Indiana Jones Jr., which is stupid uh i was afraid we were going to get like luke skywalker junior and it was going to be like his one of his nieces or nephews or something and he was going to teach them how to how to fight uh, womp rats or some dumb shit so i'm very <laughs> i'm very glad that like a fairly adult take on star wars without you know skywalkers and stuff exists was successful and has has maybe piqued some interest from disney in expanding that portfolio so
4: yeah yeah,
3: I mean, uh, one thing I want to say about that is that y- you mentioned how it was just simple and straightforward, and it's not revolutionary, which is all true, of course. I I, I-, I did almost feel like because it was so simple, like just to me that, that who, is who revolutionary. Was, yes, like right now, <laughs> yes. Like earlier, we were talking about The Witcher, we were talking about Westworld, Westworld. and even Game of Thrones. Like where they're just the, the 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 thing now is to like overreach to be epic and huge and sweeping and just. To just watch something that's just very straightforward and simple in 40 minutes and, like, as a beginning, a middle, and an end, simple characters who you know what they're doing, what they're do. I mean, to me, it kind of felt like I hadn't seen it in so long. It was a bit of a revelation. Yeah. So it, I'm very having,
5: happy with it too. Having an episode – and really an episodical show that aired weekly because I didn't start watching it until it was all over because I didn't have Disney Plus until then. But it was episodical, right, and, and weekly. It wasn't uh, – mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and on top of that, one of the things I like the most about it, as a huge Star Wars dork, is that it had so many things to do with the lore of Star Wars. Oh, and so much! They didn't pause the episode to be like, Mandalorians were a warring culture. For me, they just like, <laughs> Dude, no, it's the it's the Mandalorian. Fuck off! Like, learn it yourself, or just enjoy the, the show. This is this the, the way. way. And and that honestly, I felt like looking directly at JJ Abrams and saying this is the way. And like you could
4: have,
5: <laughs> you could have told a very straightforward, like Star Wars movie, and just uh, whatever. I don't want to. Uh, who? But, okay. yeah. As what,
4: what, someone
3: who, who again just I don't really know the lore, I felt very accommodated and very comfortable watching that show. It was not yeah. a not a challenge at all.
2: Okay, so fun question for the group. And Corey Smith, I got to hear from you on this. Uh, who? Does, if you're Fabro, right, and you're building on the success of season one, and you know people are like, like season two is coming out this fall. So people are yeah. anxiously awaiting season two. Who do you bring in to top Werner Herzog and Nick Nolte? Who, who do you bring in to, to cause those characters, cause first of all, Herzog's character was evil and creepy and the perfect Herzog character. And then, uh, Nick Nolte was probably low key one of the, like, one of the, my favorite characters. You know, I have spoken. He was he was great. That's all you had to say. I have spoken. And that was it. And when he died, I was more upset about him dying than anything else. So uh, who do you bring in, Corey Smith, to top those guys? Don't say Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know who you bring
6: in, per se, but I would think it'd be pretty easy to convince people to come on to the show. Um, especially, like, if you're just doing – because Nick Nolte didn't actually – act out that role right so he just did voiceover yeah so he did all his voiceover in like two hours and you know beverly hills one (laughs) afternoon really you know what i mean so like (laughs) so i'm just saying like and then i mean you say warner warner herzog but i mean i I think how many scenes was he in three i mean he was like four episodes he made an impact man he He had the puppet Okay, but my point is, he didn't spend six months in New Zealand filming, you know, a trilogy of films. He just, you know, he probably but, but worked.
5: That's, that's I mean, the, neither. Did but that's, my Pascal, that's, that's my point. That's my point. I was going to say
6: Pedro Pascal. No, no, but that's my point. Can, is can we yeah. can
5: we give Corey Smith credit for making the first Lord of the Rings reference on the podcast this episode?
6: Boom! Ding,
2: ding, 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 ding.
6: ding. I joined for something, um, but I mean, I'm just saying. I like, guess. I think that you're going to you're going to find it easy to get a lot of people on the show because it's not a huge commitment. A right. lot of people because it's episodic like we said, you know, most of them are going to have, you know, just a couple weeks of filming time to be on the show and if they do end up doing a, you know, a motion capture type character, they got even less, you know, time. So, I mean, I think you could see some pretty big names pop up on the thing and everybody's a Star Wars fan, you know,
2: well, yeah. Artists.
6: So I'm just saying, I, I don't know who, but I think that it's going to be pretty easy. Like, hey, you want to be in an episode of The Mandalorian? We need you for you know two weeks, or we need you for a week and a half. I got it.
5: You, you know got what it I mean? out. I know what we should do. I just <laughs> me being the just like right now, just spitballing in my brain. Right. So we had that. We had the dark saber get introduced mm-hmm. in the last episode, which was fucking awesome. <laughs> we <laughs> already looks- have. We already have our big bad for season two with Gus Spring. Uh-huh. So, you know, let's just – you absolutely cannot go wrong. If it doesn't work, it ain't on him. <laughs> like, that dude is the shit. So my thought was, you know, what if we introduced the um, – like a remaining faction, a small faction of Mandalorians who are still loyal to Death Watch. And you get someone, an an aging, I I say aging very gracefully, I'm not trying to be an asshole, like an (laughs) aging actor, a great character actor to play like the leader of Death Watch. And my first thought was William Fichtner to play like kind of a badass older warrior that is leading Death Watch and is, is going to kind of help the mandalorian but only begrudgingly because the, because the mandalorian mando is not going to align with their beliefs but also he is mandalorian and he's fighting the empire or whatever and remains this is the way and this is the way exactly so mm-hmm. like i my first thought was someone like william fisher actually technically speaking my first thought was i wanted james cromwell in here some way like oh. just like it. <laughs> right but on. that's just because i want james cromwell in everything um, if not, I, I, him, if if you wanted to be non British, you get James Cromwell. If you wanted to be British, you get Charles Dance. And you get one of those people to be like an aging, some. But, but really, I think I just spitballing my first thought. Like, I couldn't remember his name. I Googled because <laughs> that's the last thing I remember, man, the banker guy in Dark Knight. And that's <laughs> how I got, but it was, huh. William Fisner's great. Like, he's a great actor. He's been in so many awesome things from like, uh you know the rock to the longest yard he's done every kind of movie you can think of and he looks he's a squirrely looking guy he looks like someone that could play like a like a like an older mandalorian so there you go if you're asking who do i want in there i want william fishner to play uh a death watch loyalist who is who is branched out trying to do
6: terrorist activity in the galaxy
2: okay so hey he
6: did uh he did blackout Blackhawk Down. He's one of the, yeah. the, the uh Delta Force guys. So he can Bro, do the action stuff. Look at the, that. By
5: the way, just fun, like for as an aside, look at that fucking cast in Blackhawk Down. Like oh, it's yeah. not the best movie ever made, but that cast is absolutely... it's almost it's almost obscene how stacked it is. Like like Eric Bana down. Like it's just <laughs> insane. Anyway, yeah, that's so yeah. I tried to think of like Kind of hey, you know you know who's in
6: Black Hawk Down? Hmm. Orlando Cost- Bloom.
5: Orlando Bloom. Yeah, little in like yeah, that guy in
6: that, that Lord of the Rings movie. Nikolai Foster Wildowis. He happened.
5: is in that. That's, that was my next one was was NC NCW,
6: yeah, that's right.
5: NCW. Youm was in it. Uh, I believe <laughs> Sam Shepard was in it. Tom, uh, <laughs> Tom
6: Hardy's in it.
5: <laughs> yeah, Jamie oh, Yeah. John Hardy. Tom Hardy, everything you still know it. Where the Hardy at? <laughs> he's been hanging out back under a party hat <laughs> nobody <laughs> really
2: oh jesus no 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 i don't get it
5: oh, man I all right it. fine i'll, I'll send the link in the chat if, right, if so if phone phone.
2: really me. quick really quick because we're running kind of long favorite episode of the mandalorian probably the last episode
5: honestly okay it was, really, it was, it was a great episode chat.
2: but it wasn't the bill burr episode where it goes in the jailbreak Oh fuck
5: yeah! You know what? That one was great. That one was great. Yeah. not just Bill Burr, but the lady. Everybody throne.
2: was in, Everybody
5: was in that episode. Game of Thrones. Yeah.
2: Natalie Tina.
5: Yeah, yeah, that lady.
3: I loved like the quirkiness of the casting of the cameos. Like they like Bill Burr was. It's, it's not a choice you would think would work, or Warner Herzog, or Nick Nolte, or
5: Amy Sedaris.
3: Amy, Sedaris. that was my big.
2: Oh my line. god, she was like, so great.
3: That episode was like kind of mad, but like Amy Sedaris is in this show, that tells you that the people who are making this like they have senses of humor, like they're 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 willing to have fun. Don't
5: forget that John Favreau made his name making swingers with Vince Vaughn, which <laughs> yes. is which is truly a great movie. So uh-huh. I, it's a hilarious movie, and, and John Favreau's ben. his best performance in a movie. As as an actor, well, you know what, Chef is actually brilliant. But second to Chef is him playing the psycho linebacker
2: in the replacements. So, oh my god, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, you know, you know, he you he oh, know voiced he voiced a Mandalorian in the last season of the uh, Clone Wars. By the way, by Dave Filoni. Who did that? Who? John Favreau voiced one of the Mandalorians. in Death Oh War. yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah,
3: even like um. Know. I forget her name, but the woman who plays Kara Doom, the ex-MMA fighter, was like yeah. a little stiff at first, but you, you you understood why they cast her later, which really kind of seemed yeah. into the part. And Gina Carano. There you go, yeah. You need her her, yeah. her to pull that stuff off. So they, they obviously have a great grasp on what they want to do and how they're going to fill these roles and do it, which is just excellent signs all around. I hope they get
6: Gene yeah. Hackman and Carol Burnett. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> but what but if you're a big star why would you say no to the show? I just don't see what what Cuz we... you got better things to do. You got to pick But the you, what do the you center. have to do for But what do you have to do for a week?
2: Like, Lord Derny's say... Dern already already like uh trying to get into the show. But, but that's what I'm
6: saying it, because of its because it's episodic, you can literally just pop up for an episode. Yep. I mean, like, how long did the two dudes, the two speeder bike guys, how long do you think Jason, they filmed? Jason
2: Sudeikis? <laughs> yeah, those two guys. They had to tell those guys not to punch big bill this whole.
6: But, I mean, how long do you think they filmed? They, they could not have been on set more than a week. They're, they, it's just you not possible. What?
5: You I'm know sorry. what? you know what? I Honestly, now that I think about it, uh, you know who could fit in that universe really well as another because you had the Nick Nolte character. It was like a serious kind of character that was able to kind of play. Nick Offerman could take over a role like <laughs> oh that my and, and, uh, and bring that okay. kind of comic seriousness to it as well, and he would do it in a heartbeat. Like, that's the thing about and, and, and the reason listen to us right now (laughs) listen to us what we're doing this fanboy bullshit we even have dan like saying you could do it and and smith and everybody is that when when star wars shit is good it's as fun as anything that is being made and the mandalorian is not perfect it is not groundbreaking quote-unquote but man is it fun and you know what there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be fun and and I, the the oper the, the the possibilities with that show with the cast and the people running it and with Disney money behind it, it's endless. That show could run for ten years if they wanted to, and I, they won't. But they could. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just. I mean, they they might. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Does that make you more or less excited about stuff like the Obi Wan Kenobi show or the Rogue One thing? Because I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're you're right. Like part of what makes Mandalorian so great is that it could go anywhere. Like we have no idea, and it's that's such a it's just so refreshing and exciting and nice. And that's why I'm worried because they said like we're gonna bring in more legacy characters next year, and I'm like, yeah, totally and that's fucked. a problem. See, Shows up.
6: I, I'm the so the 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 Obi Wan show. Yes, I'm more worried about the the Rogue One show. I think they can get off with a uh, a Mandalorian you know type vibe like turn it into like kind of a spy Agreed. you know thriller type show sure. and it could still be episodic with kind of a a little bit of an overarching story Alan but Tudyk the,
2: will own that show by the way what's that <laughs> Alan Tudyk is uh the the droid he'll be the, he'll oh, be yeah. the only, K2SO he'll be the only people that person, guy
6: just her. does not say no Stop. to Kirk <laughs> Thank but God. yeah, the 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 Obi Wan thing is. Pro- I mean, you ha- you have to make it like,
2: and he's such a revered character, so right. And so his
6: up... his is gonna tie into grander, bigger things in in a galaxy far, far away. So, you know, you can't have him like solving crimes on Tatooine or something. You know what That's I mean? Fair. Like,
5: <laughs> I th- I think personally, uh, I think a lot of Star Wars fans probably would feel this way. That I think there is definitely objectively a good reason to be concerned about an obi-wan spinoff because of the like it has to be so strictly canonical with Uh what obi-wan is it's going to be limiting and everything but out of the prequel trilogy like i obviously i feel bad for jake lloyd catching all that shit for being a kid actor and i feel bad for uh hayden christensen because like You know he had to read those lines that George wrote. It wasn't all him, (laughs) but the person that I truly feel the worst for was Ewan McGregor because he actually like he actually like really went for it with Obi Wan. He had a pretty good Alec Guinness impersonation and kind of made the character kind of made the character his own. I thought he just had like really dumb shit to say, (laughs) and Uh I'm excited at the idea of him because I thought it was a great casting at the time, and I. I think Obi-Wan has got a lot of Clone Wars era stuff they could do or stuff where he's on Tatooine watching out for Luke. I mean, you could, you know, by all you you honestly could have a live action re like of him versus Darth Maul which is canon. So Which
2: was be- if you, if you watched the last season of Rebels that that duel, the the whole three second duel between him and Maul was everything. Oh, it was, perfect. Was, just, it was perfect. It was perfect. So Darth Maul
5: beautiful. Darth Maul's character is what made is what started Clone Wars down the path of being great from okay. Uh-huh. And it's what also made Clone Wars help jump a bit into be from okay to great kind of because uh-huh. he as a great villain in this in Rebels it was because they fleshed him out so well in Clone Wars. And in Clone Wars it was like the first time they did something that was like truly like what the fuck is going on? So like that <laughs>
4: How is
5: you this know, guy still alive? Why, and why is there a, someone named Savage, and why is he looking <laughs> for a Spider Man? But like it was, you know, uh, it yeah there was. So I know that we're really getting off topic now. I, I know that Dan doesn't give a shit about Star Wars as much as we do, but he's gonna I, have
2: I, to cover man.
5: Yeah, I mean it's time. You know, this is the way Dan. So uh, <laughs> we
4: have
5: we have spoken. <laughs> so yeah, I I am excited about it strictly because. It, if you McGregor is excited about it, then I'm excited about it because yeah, I yeah. trust I trust you. And and at this point, Disney Plus to me has earned some leeway in or some uh, whatever the word is. I guess. Like, so, have
3: so. they? Thank God, their first show was a success.
2: Like mm-hmm. I,
3: I think have very different. The Mandalorian it flopped. This, just this look, look at
2: Apple TV.
6: Uh, yeah, I'd rather not. Corey
3: what could do you be
2: say? making fun of. C. I,
6: I was just going to say, did they say? The Obi-Wan series, is it a limited series, or are they yes. kind of... Okay. Oh, okay. That's Okay. It's a one-off, which okay. is even
5: better, I think. That, yeah, that is absolutely. Yes. That's, that's, that's what I was right going
6: to ask. That's, a, that's huge. If they just make it, then that means they have some story in mind that they really mm-hmm. feel needs to be told, but they don't want to turn it into a recurring thing. So I'm, to-
4: mm-hmm.
6: I'm totally okay with that series now.
3: Rumor has it that a grizzled Jar Jar will show up.
0: Yeah, see, yeah.
5: That's the kind of shit that makes me angry. <laughs> yeah,
2: the last time he it's appeared... It's
6: just a I think I've got a fun. What L- if I told time? you he dies? Would that do anything for okay, you? Okay, if he shows up with a beard and goes,
5: Misa, old, I'm a dying, and then kills Zopa and dies, I'll be like, oh, well, okay, let me cool. tell you,
2: the last time he appeared in anything canonical for Star Wars was the Aftermath book, I think the second Aftermath book, and he's on um whatever that planet is, Fuck man, my mind just went blank. Abu? But uh, that, that tab- one planet, yeah, he's, on he's on that boo where a bunch of refugees are trying to get to the city, and he's like juggling and playing tricks for the kids, and he's all sad. Like Misa ruined everything. <laughs> oh he's like, it's like, oh my god, please don't put this guy, please don't do this, just don't. Unless you're gonna have Obi Wan put him out of his misery.
5: Listen, let's just let's just start looking at. The way that streaming is going, right, and and how much more money's going into streaming, and how much more return they seem to be getting from that. And uh, imagine giving Bong Joon Ho a three like hour long, so <laughs> three hours overall story that he gets to write and tell in the Star Wars universe. Imagine that Deep Space Nine meets Alien style, oh my just God. nightmare that he would write. And, and be like yeah it takes place with people who have lightsabers or whatever and it's like yeah that sounds dope man Fucking make that like let's do it get weird with it that is where the future is with Star Wars is to give give a space this extended universe is almost overwhelmingly huge like it is uh-huh. when you really start looking into the books like David's over citing these books when you start looking at the comics that are canon it's terrifyingly deep <laughs> yes. how, how much shit there is out there in this universe if you ever looked at like a map of the known universe in the Star Wars galaxies then it, it's just it's bananas it's like there's yeah. so much you could do and it just that's what makes the movies boring to me now is that it's like yeah but it's just the Skywalkers man Anyway, Anyway, we could pivot off of
2: this. We haven't talked about the Oscars
5: at all. Did you want to bring that up at all?
2: Let's let's hold that for the next episode, man. Because we we're we're (laughs) an hour half hour and a half into this. Well, uh, I'm not. Smith's at twenty minutes, and I'm at like an hour. (laughs) So, So, uh, um, Smith, I know you had some thoughts on The Witcher. I I will give you two minutes. Two minutes. Spots, and then we're 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 we're, we're, we're piecing out.
6: Yeah, the pressure. Uh, no, I mean, I just I liked it. I thought it was a fun show. I mean, Dan and I talked about it at length on on Wick, and it has flaws. Chief among them, the the timeline thing. Um, but I thought it was a a, a great show. I mean, it was a, a first season. Um, not everything is spectacular out of the gate, but I thought it was pretty solid. Um. And I'm looking forward to season two. I know they're already starting production on it, so hopefully they can crank it out a little. Oh, faster. production's
2: already started, huh? That's cool.
6: Yeah. I yeah so, um, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm enjoying it. I'm rewatching it now, and I'm enjoying it more the second time because of the timeline issues. I, yep. It, you know, it's a lot more clear what's going on and when they make references, and you know different things you you understand a lot better the second time. Um, I mean, I think that was their biggest mistake in season one. And I think they even said that it didn't come off how they wanted it to. So, um, but yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, I think it was a, is a solid entry for, for Netflix. I will say in someone else brought, I think Forbes brought this up. It's not like a mind blowing point, but I really wish Netflix would go to a week to week release schedule on yeah. its for, on its for premiere s- for some things that's for some, yeah. Th- yeah for, 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 for a like while, it's yeah. yeah for like it's it's premiere you know it's top five shows or it's top 10 shows or something like that you know i mean we don't need
4: yeah. it
6: for every one of those teenage you know high school dramas that come mm-hmm. out but you know for the witcher for stranger things um house of Cards, TV, like you know, the crown house of cards when it was around you know some shows like that that are it's you know premiere shows i i would appreciate a week-to-week schedule because i think it would just add i mean like i don't have a favorite episode of stranger things you know they all kind of blend together you know what i mean and it would just let them kind of capture people's attention for a longer period of time as well because i mean you know everybody watched the witcher and they watched it for the first two weeks, and now they're moving on to the next thing. So,
4: mm-hmm. yeah, sure. in the it was...
3: wake of the Mandalorian success, HBO Max is, is going to do episode by episode or, or week by week. I think they're going to start re- rethinking this. They kind of already have Netflix a little bit because now they're releasing like seasons part one and two, like
4: oh yeah, yeah. even
6: something like that. Yeah, so two episodes. I at think the time.
3: they're leading up to something like that. My, I think in the next few years they'll at least try it. And then the we'll people hate it, and then we'll see what happens.
6: I think they created the buzz when they first did it with House of Cards because it was like, oh here's the whole season. You can just sit down and watch it and it you know it caught that attention because it was different, but now I think they should move back towards a little bit more of a traditional style, even if they did episodes twice a week or something to where it lasted literally longer than just two or three weeks that people are excited about a show, and then they move on because everybody's watched it so
2: i'm with you Something okay. like that's that a good point it's a good point so our next episode we're gonna talk about the oscars so uh we'll we'll polish up and have all the information we'll get thrown to really really uh drive home some good points i know he's aching to get into that and i'd I, like i to wanted i wanted
5: to say too because i mentioned it earlier and i just i feel like i wanted to plug it because some <laughs> folks may have missed it uh when i mentioned the tom hardy where the hardy is <laughs> oh <had> thing <laughs>
4: that's
5: that's brad neely's hard knowledge sclopio ppo Uh, It was a show on Adult Swim by Brad Neely, who also made China, Illinois, and he does a lot of like avant-garde, whatever, like like avant-garde style comedy. It's like a 50 second, maybe 45 second song about Tom Hardy that's animated very strangely, and I'm going to send it to the group chat. Uh, Look it up, because Brad Neely, who is actually from Arkansas originally, which is one of the reasons I first found him, is – I think he's really smart, and he makes some really weird, fun comedy. So check that (laughs) shit out, Brad Neely, if you don't know what I'm talking about.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Also, um, besides the Oscars, uh, we're going to polish up on – I'd like the panel to get familiar with HBO's The Outsider, if you can, because I watched the first two episodes, and it's got me throwed. So – we're going to talk about The Outsider, we're going to talk about the Oscars, and I'm sure we'll have some fresh information on new shows to talk about. So, for myself, for Corey Thome, for Dan, and Corey Smith, who joined us at the last minute and got his points across, congratulations. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks. With a lot of mobile.